Hello everyone, Lena Chapman here, and I am so excited that you are listening to the Lena Chapman podcast. This is my first time doing this, so thank you for walking on this journey with me. So who is Lena Chapman? Well, I'm gonna tell you who I am. I'm a licensed professional counselor, as well as a wellness coach. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm an everyday person. And so as you get to know who I am, I would like for you to join my podcast and listen to some topics that I'll be talking about, which is obviously mental health, because hey, that's a part of who I am, as well as incorporating it with biblical scriptures and addressing the body, soul, and spirit. And so a little bit more about me is that I'm not only just a therapist, but I'm a say therapist. I'm a Christian therapist, and I do not take that lightly. So as God uses me to speak out and to talk about some things that he placed on my heart, I would like for you to subscribe because I want you to listen, because I want you to hear some amazing things that God has put on my heart to share with you guys. So if you are listening on Apple, go ahead and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I need you to go ahead and hit the button. Yeah, do it now. Yep. Go ahead right now. Yep. There you go. Hit that button. Hit the subscribe button. And then you will be the first to get the notification that there is another podcast coming out and you'll be the first to listen to it. So I'm excited. Thank you for walking on this journey with me. And let's get some good tips and some good information. All right. Yep. So if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and hit. Yep. Yep. Do it now. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Subscribe to the podcast. Please be advised. The Before After Podcast can discuss triggering topics that may cause emotional distress. Discretion is advised. Hey, 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 guys, welcome to another session. You know, we don't call them episodes, we call them sessions of the Before After Podcast. This is Christy Danielle, a.k.a. The Talk Lady. And before we go on, you know, I'm always going to talk about it. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know the deal. Press that subscribe button. Tell your friends, family about it. This is a healing podcast. I thank you guys for listening. So listen, this episode is a topic very near and dear to my heart. So I, it's powerful because the different seasons, um, season one was very practical um, and it brought awareness but I believe the flow of season two is still practical and it brings awareness, but it's also showing where the behaviors came from in the first place. Season two is a bit more personal to me. Um, and I, because the power in being vulnerable and transparent, because there is a difference, transparency is saying, this is what I, ha- this is what happened to me, but vulnerability is saying, and this is how it left me feeling about myself. This is how it left me feel feeling low and all that, you know, so there is a difference between being vulnerable and transparent. And so people loved season one, but I think part of the healing is showing how I got to season one. It's about the journey. And so that's what I feel like season two is really doing. And so the name of this episode is called The Mistress and the Madame. So my special guest on today, I actually just did a cross uh, episode with her. She's a therapist, Lena Chapman. Listen, I'm going to have her talk about who she is. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. So I am Lena Chapman and I am a uh 
professional counselor in the state of Missouri, and I own Haven of Light Christian Counseling, as well as Haven of Light um, Wellness Center and Haven of Light School of Mental Health. And I'm ex- so excited to be your special <laughs> guest today because, yeah. Yeah. I love you. So uh, we. I love you too. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay, we have to get it out. So the thing is, we just did, um, we did a cross episode. So she, of course, yeah, the Lena Chapman podcast. We did a cross episode. It was destroying the competition between women. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. Also, um, that episode can be for men too. And we were just flowing. And I told her what the next episode uh, was going to be called. And she was like, yeah, I'm gang. So this episode is called The Mistress and the Madame. And I just don't know why I named it that but that's what hit my mind but um just so just a bit of testimony you know Lena every time you come on a show I'm crying (laughs) we cried um we we got a tissue box yeah we got a tissue box yeah so we we cried that competition between women because we discovered how we were both grown women with little girl souls but we had great vision and so keeping our trauma in check uh, it's bringing us financial abundance. It's bringing us success as uh, friends, as sisters, as business partners. Yes. So they got to be in check. But, you know, so and we were talking about how women hurt women, how women are fearful of each other, how women like to destroy each other. And so this brought up the idea of um the episode, this episode, the mistress and a madame. So a part of my testimony um, and I'm feel is I probably mentioned in the season one but I really felt led to pour this out to my audience um so of course if you all don't know now I am an ordained elder yes (laughs) um and so part of um I I am divorced and so my ex-husband and I of course we were a part of the same ministry at the time Um, We were at a rocky space in our relationship. And, you know, but I, in the counseling sessions, I would, you know, I told him, you know, I still want to work it out. Um, So I was still pursuing him. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was another woman at the ministry who we uh, my, the ministry that i belong to we are a very tight-knit discipleship based ministry we watching each other kids we hanging out together uh trips together you know with that t- it is really community and family it is discipleship based it ain't like oh i sit next to you and i don't speak no we don't do that at our church um so anyway th- there was another woman who was a part of the ministry and her and my ex-husband they had Um, an affair meaning they were together behind my back um it was very hurtful and so they decided to be together and and they're married now um with children of their own my husband and my ex-husband and I we have one child together um my oldest is not his but we have one child together and but I kid you not, I could not ask for a better mother for my eight-year-old. Um, I and I'm and I'm saying this right now. Listen, 
She is a powerful woman. I always say all it takes is the right hurt with the right situation to create the right sin. Mm, Um, But I wanted this topic because something I made a TikTok and a reel on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I talked about how the person cheating has nothing to do with your value. That's what we talked about last episode. And I realized them, a person who steps out of the marriage or of the relationship, that is not a reflection of your value. Right. When people mistreat us, we actually think that that has something to do with us. That I said in the real and the TikTok, I, Instagram real and the TikTok, I said there are plenty of people with horrible partners and they just leave the relationship. They don't right. cheat. Yeah. I have never cheated on anybody in my life, but I'm just saying, um, I, you know, it is a character, someone cheating is a character flaw about them. Why you just didn't leave? That's true. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, so this topic is near and dear because one of the things, Lena, I don't know, because me and Lena, we literally like sisters, best Mm -hmm. friends, but I'm just saying, um, one of the things, I don't know if I ever told you, but um, in my high school years, in my early 20s is when I stopped the behavior, but in my high school up until my early 20s, I had no issue with being the side chick. Yes. Have I told you that? So we talked about it. And it's so funny because that was one of the roles I played in high school as well. And Mm. within my early 20s as well is that it's just like, oh, well, that's y'all problem. Like, you know, whatever. And Mm. yeah. Yeah. This is powerful. Mm -hmm. This is this is. And I'm going to tell you guys why this is powerful, because, see, I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. I know how it thinks. I know how it feels and how a side chick thinks. That's what I'm trying yes, to say. And true. I know how it feels to be the woman who was cheated on. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from both sides. Both sides. And um, that is definitely something I can relate with Christy about as well, is that I'm coming from both sides too. So I know how, mm-hmm. it, uh, how it feels to be cheated on as well as be the side chick. And I think, honestly, that was a formula of how I became a side chick in the beginnings because fell in love, my little first love in high school, this and that, and then I got cheated on. Mm-hmm. And then that made me angry and out of retaliation, I was okay to be the side chick. And and that's something we talked about in our competition, Mm -hmm. destroy competition between women, uh, that episode, because one of the things that were brought out was the goal of the abuser is to make you another abuser. Mm -hmm. So we become like the people who hurt us. Yes. 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 And, and it's so funny because like I said, you know, in high school you get your first boyfriend and you're just so in love and so mushy, mushy, mushy. And then you... And it's such a horrible space to find out someone's cheating on you in high school because it's like everybody knows and can see it and you're like trying to function in some sort of way that you have to go to school, you can't skip it. it. It's so much going on and it really took, especially when you're trying to grow up yourself, mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out who you are. And obviously in high school, you're more focused on what people think of you versus what you think of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so to have it happen, it took a hit. And it, it literally validated my brokenness. Ooh. It validated my yeah. brokenness that, because uh, one of my backstories is, is that um, um, I grew up with my dad and my stepmom, which I call her my mom, and my biological mom was not around. Mm-hmm. So I was abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I also felt rejected. Mm-hmm. So when this guy did the same thing to me, it felt the same. Yes. 
it felt the same and it hit that nerve at the right space and i'm like what's wrong with me that people don't choose me what's wrong with me that they don't choose me what what did i do and again his the person's behavior instead of me saying that has something to do with him nothing to do with me i internalize it because there was there was this unhealed space of mine correct and and that's and that's uh, i'm glad you brought that out because we talked about this also in the destroying the competition in women that people who function out of their lower portion go back and listen to the episode either on the lena chapman podcast or the before after podcast because it was a crossover episode but people who function like a side like the side chick Mm -hmm. they are functioning out of the lower portion of their soul Yes. And and so what you just shared that I have a similar my biological father left my life when I was three years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, I had a stepfather who was very narcissistic. Mm -hmm. I had a very hypercritical parent. Um, And so never being validated. We all know um, a lot of us share the similar testimony, but it causes us to be egocentric. Show me a person who has unhealed trauma. I'll show you a person who's very selfish and egocentric. Mm-hmm. And that it coming from somebody who had to be delivered from being a side chick. And I'm telling you, they don't care because they're egocentric and it's all about them. It is, it, it, it is all about I am so desperate to feed my wound that I am opportunistic and I don't care who I hurt to get that healing. They're so desperate for a healing. And me, my history of being a side chick, like I remember one of the girls actually found out Mm -hmm. and she went to my sister, my big sister. um, And uh, they told, she, and she said, she told my big sister, you lucky I'm friends with you and me and you are connected. She told that to my sister because I wanted to tear your sister up. I caused that girl, I caused that girl like so much trauma. Mm -hmm. And so, and and there are other women that I messed with their men. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a fan of the term uh, only because of my faith-based origin yeah um but some people use the term of course karma Mm -hmm. you know they say karma but um biblically coming from a christian standpoint it's whatever standpoint you want you call it karma um in jewish tradition it's called measure for measure Mm -hmm. um christianity there are scriptures that talk about that as well so we're still it doesn't matter what your belief system whether you're religious or spiritual whether it doesn't matter um the saying what goes what goes around comes around comes around goes around whatever but my history as a side chick Mm -hmm. being the mistress um i was very egocentric i did not care right i did not care about the other woman i did i did i didn't care and technically i don't i didn't care when i really think about it i didn't care about the man it's all about self-fulfillment and um i remember uh specifically this one relationship because this relationship was literally a soul tie i can remember 
looking at this guy and going, this is my soulmate. And you have to be so careful about what you're linking your soul up to. But anyway, this guy in high school, um, we met and oh my gosh, he was just so this, oh, just, I don't know. I was just in love, let me tell you. But apparently he was in a relationship with, so we went to two different high schools. Mm -hmm. So he was in a relationship with someone in his school and then I'm at the rival school, so that didn't make it any better. And I'm the side chick. Mm. But before I was hurt, I would be like, no. But for some reason, I was just like, I don't care. I want him, and I want him now. Yes, I don't very care. impulsive thinking. I don't care what anybody thinks. Yes. I don't care what they say. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Mind your business. Mm-hmm. And... It was such a back and forth, Come on, such for years. <laughs> yes, and it was such a soul tie to being that space, being a side chick. That even when I tried to break away, I would come back to him from my comfort zone. And even if I knew they were still together, I'd just be like, I don't care. Right, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And it almost became my identity is, and I knew how to move with it. That was the crazy part. Mm. I knew how to move with it in a space where it was like, I know when to call, when not to call, when to whatever, and just stay in my lane. And it was such a damaging thing for me because I actually started my, uh, my, like, again, my brokenness was validated. It was saying basically that I wasn't chosen and now I'm being chosen. Whenever you call me, you are choosing me. Whenever you... um, want to be in my space you're choosing me or i have something that she doesn't have yes ha 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 look at me competition it, that competition piece you i am winning because you don't yes. have something obviously you're not complete because he coming over here for this this and this and it's such a horrible and now that i look back at it i'm like lena oh honey bun you know <laughs> if i could go back and talk to her but like girl stop but it it was so true that i took something that I wasn't healed from and not knowingly you don't do it on purpose I'm gonna say this it doesn't initially start off on purpose you fall into a space for me it, I fell into a space and then it felt good and I just like well I don't want to stop this feeling so I'm gonna just keep doing what I'm doing oh can I say something mm-hmm. so what uh Lena was addressing you guys heard it plenty of time in season one maybe a couple of times from the previous episodes in season two of the before after podcast but what Lena was describing um and I can relate to that is there is a benefit to toxicity Ooh. so mm-hmm. what toxic behaviors know your brain is literally releasing dopamine the reward system portion of your brain it is literally releasing reward for toxic behaviors like wow. this is something that I tell my clients I say if we were in my kitchen cooking Okay, if we were in my kitchen cooking, your brain would say, do do not put your hand on a hot stove because it's going to you're going to burn yourself and it's going to hurt. So you don't do it because you understand that there is no benefit to that behavior. So you will only do what and your brain will only allow you to do what is considered a reward. If it doesn't like it, you will not do it. But. If there is any inkling of benefit, your brain is going to say, great, keep doing it. Do it again. Do it again. And like it becomes addicting. Addicting, yes. So uh, being a side chick, 
is a very addictive process. Yes. See, y'all, y'all hearing it for somebody it's on true. both sides. Yeah. So, and, and so somewhere there is a reward to toxicity. Let's even. Let's even do that because I tell clients, if it's a hurt, it's going to show up in the session. I tell clients all the time, you ain't got to come here and say, this what happened in my childhood. Because if it happens in one area of your life, it's going to happen in other areas. Mm-hmm. I don't care what we're talking about. That's true. And so if it's a hurt, it's going to find its way in multiple areas of your life. And so that example, Lena, was very powerful because that was a reward for the toxicity. I didn't, and and that's that's I can relate to that. I didn't mind being the side chick. Yeah. At one point in my life, I really didn't because the reward was he chose me, and that that is what women do. I mean, and men, but I'm I'm just saying, we create a space in our bodies specific. It's like a vacancy and emptiness, mm-hmm. and it always talks and says, "I need to be filled." I need. So if I I don't care, this is this was my mind as yeah. a side chick. Yeah. The fact, like you said, the fact that he chose me. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Look at our producer. To be looking. chosen. <laughs> yeah. To the, be chosen. The fact yeah. that he mm-hmm. chose me, I'm going to create space in my womb for him. Mm-hmm. Because he may be yours, but he's mine now. Yes. That space is being filled up now. Yes. And, yes. and, and that is the mindset of a side chick. Yes. The mindset of a side chick is really... Who can I feel? So really, when you see a woman who is a side chick or a man that is a side man, really, they are functioning like toddlers. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Should we have a daycare for... <laughs> Oh, that's good. We should call it the daycare. The daycare. The daycare. Come on, all children who are hurting, operating like little kids, all adults who are operating like little kids. Let's just come together. You are so right. And it's the huge, the one word that keeps um, coming to my mind is addiction. That's powerful. It becomes addicting. Even if that first time was like, oh, this was a mistake. I shouldn't be doing this. For some reason, there's a spontaneous piece that starts to release in your brain. And you know all the scientific terms for it. Mm -hmm. But it becomes an addiction. Yes. And then even if it's not with that same person, you go off and do it again. So, you know, how is that that first time you're just like, oh, he had a girlfriend. I was like, no, we can't do that. You know, I'm not going to mess with nobody who got a girlfriend. Right. Mm -hmm. But then that second time it's like. Oh, well, I knew he had a girlfriend. I knew the situation. So it is what it is. And then you begin to start this behavior and this pattern all over again. And then you just don't care. Yep. And then you just don't care. Yeah. Exactly. And um, the book that um, I'm writing, I talked about addiction Mm -hmm. and brain training. Ooh. And how? Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, well, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful process. See, we, we're talking about the science of the side chick now. Mm-hmm. We on this portion of the show, of All the right. episode, of the <laughs> session. But so addiction um, really is the ability to have tunnel vision about one thing. I remember in my internship, mm. um, in that powerful. I remember in my internship. Um, getting my master's in counseling and part of one of our assignments uh, we had to attend group uh, uh, AA meeting yes 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 you know okay Mm -hmm. every therapist probably had to do it when they was in school Mm -hmm. when they were in school and so I'll never forget one of the people I I went to an NA Narcotics Anonymous Mm -hmm. meeting and I remember him saying 
having an addiction is such an obsessive behavior. And he was saying, you know, like those little white rocks we put in our front yard, they kind of glisten when the sun hit it. And he said, I remember one day I was walking. I kid you not, this man said this in the meeting. He said, I remember one day I was walking and I saw that rock, that type of rock on the ground. He said, that reminded me of a crack rock. Mm. He said, I literally picked it up and I was I held it in my hand the the way that it was glistening the way that he had I mean it was just like it's all tunnel vision yes and the tunnel vision um controlled his mind the tunnel vision had them stealing from of stealing from family because you want what you want now how can we make that work for you I could, if I had to, I could have tunnel vision for the vision that God gave me. Mm-hmm. We just have to take those behaviors and bring it on to the other side. But when we talk, so when there is a hurt and we talking about addiction, the side chick, we, you talking to women who had to be healed from that. Yes. The the mindset of a side chick is I am being, I have tunnel vision only on my trauma, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Make it. We didn't care about the other woman. Mm -mm. We didn't care. If this is triggering you, we want you to know, of course, the trigger. You're supposed to be a little triggered by even a lot. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be. And one thing, I don't know where this is going, but when I think about addicting, being addicted to that trauma or that tunnel vision piece, when I think about mm-hmm. addiction, remember addiction can be genetically passed down from generation to generation. Ooh, and I so when it. we hit this piece of it, uh, my biological mom, there was a lot of that happening with her. Really? There was a lot of that mm. happening with her. Mm-hmm. And so it, remember the addiction has a root to it. So it was not just the addiction that was passed down. It was the root of rejection that was passed down from generation to generation as well mm-hmm. and abandonment. And so when you think about that, it's like, I just repeated the same behavior, my same drug that I was uh, addicted to, uh, from my mom. Yes. Men. And, and so yeah. what Lena is addressing, um, uh, that's the epigenetics where trauma can yes. be traced back as far as 14 generations. So trauma literally alters the protein around DNA. And because it is the body saying, I need to protect myself and my future so we won't have to be killed from this. Yes. The human body is a negative feedback system. You guys heard that in a procrastination, um, in the procrastination session episode that I had with um, Ariana. It, the human body is a negative feedback system and it will do whatever it takes to preserve and to make it. So, and that can be passed down through generations. You're right. You're totally and so right. in order for my, my biological mom to make it and preserve her psyche, she found the addiction in man, men. Right. Mm. So the same thing with me, it was just like an addiction to that. And then again, like I said, that side chick piece took it to another level of being chosen being feeling validated feeling accepted feeling that i have something that someone else doesn't yes that i'm special yes so when you look at a woman or a man that participates in these behaviors it really it's them functioning out of their very out of a very early childhood like state the lower portion of their soul Mm -hmm. and so and so now coming from the other side of it the other side there is another side you'd have to choose it but there is another side you guys there is yes. <laughs> there is another side to it 
um, is that like we talked about earlier when we opened up the show, the person doing what they do, what they're doing, it has nothing to do with their value. We have got to learn to separate other people's shortcomings, character flaws, and and negative choices, negative choices that they make. We have to learn to separate their actions and their decisions from our value. Yes. Um, and so I began to, I, I mean, it was very reflective. It's so hard. That's a hard, hard piece there. Yeah. Even when you know it's like, so coming from the other side of being like mm-hmm. the woman, the main chick, if you want to yeah. call it, um, coming from that side and knowing that someone did something that had nothing to do with you, for some reason there's that trauma still attached that you still want to incorporate yourself in it somehow. Mm-hmm. And you really feel like, okay, wow. what am I missing? What does that person have that I don't? Mm. And so it's such a, I don't know. It's just. It's so true. Let me say something to you. Let me say. Because that's so true. Um, So um, I, whenever I counsel men and women who have been through a divorce, Mm -hmm. I always say. And even if they aren't divorcing, they're just trying to heal from the infidelity in the relationship. We have got to avoid competitive healing. This is uh, this. Now, come on, this this real. <laughs> come on, say something, Lena. That is competitive healing. Come on, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so, come and, and this is even with people who just hurt your feelings. I mean, yes. it doesn't necessarily have to be with a partner who stepped out or with the person they stepped out with. But I call it competitive healing, and and it is. I'm only healing to show you I'm better off without you. So, and we we ought to be very careful when we are healing. Mm-hmm. So tied back into the topic, the mistress and the madam. Um, if you are the person that was cheated on or something mm-hmm. like that, you need to be very careful not to become not to get into this race with the person that participate the outside person. Exactly, because competing. I love what you said because competing really is. Um, what did they have that you know that I didn't have? Now that is normal and common to think that way. Yes, but it has to be a quick kill because I at one season after the divorce, I come on, I'm being very vulnerable here and transparent. I was looking at her page, mm-hmm. and Scrolling. I had and I mm-hmm. had a history of I I noticed the first time I did this, I was in junior high. I was in junior high mm-hmm. and one of my little boyfriends at junior high, he cheated on me with some chick and I, rem- and I knew she could sing well. I kid you guys not. This was in junior high. I went up to her in between classes and I was just like, girl, I heard you could sing. She was like, yeah. And she was, and I was like, I want to hear you sing so bad. So I became, I was like an enemy trying to infiltrate the system. So, because see, if I couldn't defeat you from what you did to me, I'll get close to you and defeat you from the inside. Oh wow! So I I can remember. Oh, that's just a memory that That just popped up. Now that is a whole like that's a whole other podcast. But remember, but remember, we in our the episode we just did together, Mm -hmm. and we talked about um, destroying competition between women. That those are the some of the behaviors that I had to heal from. I if I could not be better than you, that I'm going to try to infiltrate your system. 
I'm going to try to get close to you to to mess you up from the inside. And so I I distinctly remember. See, that's the beauty of the therapy process. It's unclogging process. Mm -hmm. And I can actually remember following her to the bathroom and us kind of hurry up and walking so we wouldn't be late for our next class. Mm -hmm. And I remember her singing to me in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. This sound, I'm... this happens and and this will only get it's so but it's so true (laughs) and even if you are like i said the main chick and and you're trying to figure out what the side chick has that you don't like you end up becoming the side chick in a a sense you're like the fan of the side chick yeah so (laughs) then you start like trying to outdo and to overcome and to out and to and to win and and and, okay well if they have this then i'm gonna wear well i'm gonna give me a sewing then or if they if they're doing this and i gotta get me better than this and then if i you become her to try to defeat her exactly and you become so obsessed with her identity crisis oh my yes and and that's Lena Bean. I promise you, like girl, that like that's what I did uh, with uh, my uh, ex husband's wife. I, I I was going on her Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I was I was looking. I was you know um, I was seeing what was her next move. Yeah. And and you know I was obsessing over her, strategizing. See, people, yeah. And, and it takes gonna be honest, over. Come on. But it's an identity, and then you it's become an identity a, crisis, and then you become further away from your authentic self. Yes, because when it You're initially comes somebody else, that's true. On both ends, on both ends. Thank you. It doesn't just happen on the main chicken side. It happens on both ends. The great identity crisis. Yes. Yeah. Um, that should be a show you do. Okay, let me read. That she wrote it. <laughs> the great identity. Crisis. Um, <laughs> because uh, and. I just cannot stress that enough. We have to avoid competitive healing. And so being on this side of it and yeah. being the woman uh, that was hurt. See, at the around the time, I was just a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even in school to become a therapist. Um, and so I was becoming, I was so tripping off of her and him. And, and I just could not believe that he just drop me like a trash can it's just like we had a whole child of mm-hmm. a family you know we we were supposed to be you know great leaders mm-hmm. you know together and yeah. you know visionary and all that stuff but I, I but if I would have remained stuck mm-hmm. in, in that competitive healing process I wouldn't have never heard the spirit of the Lord say Christy go to school to be a therapist Mm, Go ahead. You miss God's voice when you be sh- when you're distracted. Well, and, and uh, a lot yeah. of and a lot of us are in a, a lot of us. Like I said, if you are not in the Christianity faith, just in general, a lot of us are still trying to find our purpose. And you thinking, you see, here's the thing. I say this all the time in season one. Trauma behaves like a bully. It tells you your career. It tells you who to date. It tells you how to parent. It tells you everything. It bullies you. Yeah. And so um, because I was submitting to the trauma, the trauma became my counselor. Oh, and so I could not hear my purpose. Yes. This show would not be a show if I would not have transitioned out of making trauma. Like if I would not have fired trauma as my therapist. Yes. Yes. This none of this would none of this would be. And and getting validation from other broken people to fuel your behavior. Right. 
And so, like you said, trauma, ugh, trauma as a therapist, honey, it, it's true. Trauma it's, becomes th- your therapist and your counselor. And you will never get healed. Never. You're listening to that trauma that says, mm, that something about them not right. How you know? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Some people have great intuition in church room. We call it discernment. Some people have that. But if you have unhealed trauma, you, you may miss it. Yes. I'm just going to say that. Yes. yes. Fact check your feelings. You talk about that. Fact check is very important. Um, and um, we talked about this at the end of the last uh, session mm-hmm. was fact checking your... So basically I was uh, telling a story about how uh, I went to Christy about a situation and mm-hmm. I just was all distraught oh, yeah. about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I need someone to correct me if I'm wrong. And if I'm right, okay, good. But if I'm wrong, okay, I need to get this fixed. Mm-hmm. The fact check was literally this, spilling out the facts and checking my emotions with it. So is my emotions turning me this way or is is there evidence that shows that this is really happening? Mm-hmm. And so without that, I was headed down a road of bitterness, anger, mm-hmm. um, um, retaliation. But when I fact checked my feelings, I realized that, no, I still have bitterness and anger, but that person was not doing anything to me on purpose, but it felt like it. It felt like it. That's powerful. It felt like it. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about like side chicks and um, um, main chicks, whatever, fact checking, what is it? What are the facts? What is actually true? The and then even when you come up with facts, you have to make sure that you uh, research it and what we call and make sure you actually have evidence behind the facts. Yes. You must have evidence, otherwise it's not it's not true. And, and yeah. if you don't have evidence or proof, you you have no right to respond to it. Um and, and so like I'm I'm just gonna be honest. When I I mean everything at church around that time was normal. Uh but then all of a sudden I remember um uh, just looking at them and I I had no previous inkling, Mm -hmm. but I remember looking at them and I was like, something not right. Mm -hmm. And I had no proof. And I remember having a conversation with somebody and they said, Christy, let the Holy Ghost put it in your lap. Now, that's a whole nother level of uh, fact check right there. Yeah, because so, I had no proof. I mean, yeah. I had absolutely no proof. Then one day someone came into the church and said, oh, my gosh, like I seen so-and-so-and-so-and-so together at the balloon race. Why you wasn't there? It was something that we, in St. Louis, we have like the yes, hot air balloon race yeah. in Forest Park. And, and then I was like, okay, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And I actually went up to her after, uh, once I started really was like, and I did confront her. Um, and she was like, she gave me a hug. And she was like, girl, I would never do that to you. Um, but part of her history, she has a lot of trauma in her history. Yeah, yeah. And it made me realize that... My ex-husband was attracted to broken women mm. who are called to be very powerful. Wow. Um, 
and I really and I'm just like oh my gosh but the Holy Ghost did put it in my lap to where he had no choice but to confess yeah I mean literally it, it and, and his a confession was I'm sorry for what I did to you but she'll always be in my life that's when I knew um and so and and you know that's you know when he came out but I I say all this to say looking at time um I say all this to say the mindset behind women and men who hurt other women and men in this capacity they are functioning out of a very egocentric early childhood state. Yes. And they have become the abusers because someone abused him. Mm-hmm. Or some I've heard some stories where they had a great life. Who knows? So for some aspects, who knows why they do it? Yeah. But the action itself is very egocentric and early childhood like. And once we see why people behave the way that they do, it does something to the forgiveness process. Because you did what you did. I thought you took value away from me. You hurt me. But really, you just feel low about you. I know that's cliche. I know mm-hmm. we've heard that a thousand times. But I, I'm pointing to my head. I'm saying you know that. But now I'm pointing to my belly. But do you know it? Yeah. Did it get into your soul? Did it? Do you really know the power of understanding why people choose unhealthy behaviors. Yeah. You t- you're listening to two women who play both, who did both sides. Both sides, both sides, and there's repercussions. There's a lot of consequences, and so when we think about those pieces, wh- wherever you're, di- because some people are addicted to being the main chick. Mm. Two. Mm. Well, we see that in the church realm a lot. You you haven't arrived as a woman of God or as a woman preacher. Um, if, if if you ain't arrived, if you ain't married, and and we see that addiction with knowing that that person, just sharing that person, right? That that is a whole other addiction piece too. Of I am okay with them always coming to me. Mm. Coming back, like that song says, you may have had a once, but I have him all the time. See, there's an addiction to having him all the time and him going out periodically to do his thing. Right, I'm the main one. I'm the so, so it's a, and and see that right. Go ahead. And it's almost it's but it's spewed from the same stuff. See, it, it, thank you. <laughs> it's the same. This is what we're trying to get y'all to see right here. Boom, pal. It's spewed from the same stuff. Yeah. It's the same hurt, different manifestation. Mm-hmm. It, it, it levels the playing field. It, it it levels the playing field. One of the things I say is purpose is your permission to leave perversion. Yeah. A perverted way of thinking is anything contrary to um, a successful, abundant thought life. Mm-hmm. If you work your purpose, I guarantee you, you will walk out of perversion. If you work your purpose, I guarantee you the forgiveness will start. If you work your purpose, this what I this what I asked at the at Jamie's conference, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, and I said, imagine if the person hurt you, they went on with their life, but you went on with your life. Mm-hmm. You started working your purpose, making a whole bunch of money from it, doing this, doing that. How would you think about that person? They said, I wouldn't even be thinking about them. So the issue to you healing and moving past 
past this whole situation is not what you can get for that person. It's how you can shift into your next place. Yes. Reposition it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, this might need, we probably need a part two. I, I think you do need a part two, ma'am, because this is like a whole thing. Yeah. This is almost the psychology of the madam and the mistress. I did. <laughs> you know, we probably, okay, yeah, we're going to get off because we're going oh, to talk about this. So, Lena, I thank you. Yes. For coming on the show. Absolutely. Again. Anytime. All the time. Anytime. <laughs> and um, I just want to say um, you have the power to heal. If you the side person, you have the power to heal. If you are the main person, you have the power to heal. If someone has hurt you, even outside of that realm of being side person, being cheated on, you have, you can heal. It is possible. Lena and I, we are living witnesses of that. Yes. And even if you have to continually walk in your healing day to day, and sometimes it starts with just forgiving yourself. Yes. Forgiving yourself, giving yourself the opportunity to admit what's going on and forgiving yourself and walking into your healing. And seeing it. Mm. See yourself healed. Powerful. See yourself being free from that man, that woman. See yourself being free and saying that one day I will have someone who loves me unconditionally or I will unconditionally love myself until something happens, regardless of whatever life you choose. But forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Make a choice. Yeah. yeah. Whew. Well, we're going to take a deep breath. <sighs> so... Please subscribe. Yes. The Before After Podcast. Lena Chapman has a podcast, Lena Chapman Podcast. Subscribe to that as well on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. And remember, who were you before the trauma? Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye.